we are living in unusual times. My wife and I, we um, were traveling and we were at this shopping center and the people were going in and out, in and out. We, we got some time away last weekend and we're at this shopping center and the people are going in and out. It's okay, it's okay. The people are going in and out and we said, as we looked at all the people wearing these things. And my wife said, who would have thought that you would get almost 100% cooperation from Americans on anything? But these times call for cooperation. And God is calling for cooperation. I had planned to um, close out our series in Nehemiah and I had a sermon prepared, but I think God's taking us another way today and I just want to move with what he's moving in. So you can turn to Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 17, and I don't plan to be before you very long. We want to accept some new members into Gospel Fellowship. Amen. Let's give God praise for that. And I'm going to do that right after this message, I promise. But I want to get right into God's Word. Luke chapter 17. It's not on your screen. You're going to actually have to scroll there. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 17, it says this. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, two men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Cooperation. One of them, when he saw, he was healed. When he saw, he was healed. He came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Samaritan. Verse 17, Jesus asks, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time that we get to dive into your word. Would you speak your truths? Would you be crystal clear tonight what you want to say to your people? And we give you glory and honor and praise for all that you're going to do. Thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.
There are times in worship like tonight where I hear the praise of God's people and I hear this declaration of what he has done for me. And I hear that recited over and over in my mind and something happens to me because I am clear on one thing. I don't deserve God's grace. And maybe it is the, 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 the haughty heart or the elevated heart that takes God's grace for granted or take God waking you up this morning for granted. He did not have to wake you up this morning. You could have just not woken up and be dead in your bed, but God's grace allowed you to awake this morning. You don't have to go to that job tomorrow. As much as you may dislike it or take it for granted, it is God's sovereign position and provision for you at this time and in that moment. And you don't have to have that job. It's God's grace that has given that to you. You don't have to have your education. You don't have to have the car that you're going to walk out. And your expectation is when you walk out, it's just going to start. You're going to go and turn the key to your door and you're going to have a place that no one's going to come in the middle of the night and take that place from you. That's God's grace and God's goodness. And I want to be someone that never gets to a point where I just assume the grace of God as if I deserve it. God demonstrated his grace and his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. It is not that we are neutral or we were just standing by and we weren't doing anything and then Christ died. No, we were throwing rocks at him and knives at him. We were cursing at him and pumping our fists at him and in the midst of our offense against him, he died. While we didn't know what we needed and thought what we wanted was what we needed when we were declaring our independence, when we should have been declaring our dependence on him, he still took the initiative and didn't wait for me to have sense enough to come to him. He came, he came for me when I didn't have sense to come. So when we get to this text and we hear that Jesus is going into this town where there are lepers. The first thing we need to understand is when lepers were in a town, they were separated to be in that town because they were not allowed to be a part of the rest of the general population. They were exiled to that area. They were separated because leprosy is a disease that is contagious. And when you got it, there was no vaccine. There was no treatment. There were no nurses. There were no doctors. There were no hospital. Once you got leprosy, it was a death sentence. In other words, it was only a matter of time until you died. Beloved, when the scripture says that the wages of sin is death. We should not play with it or toy with it or flirt with it. We need to understand that sin has a purpose, one purpose, and the purpose is death. But Christ came to destroy 
the work of sin over our lives. Don't you take that for granted. Don't you take the cross for granted. Don't you think you just, you just this is just something that comes. Christ had to die for you. They're separated into this village. And the scripture says, as he was going into the village, it did not say he stumbled on the village or he bumped into the village or he was going this way and he got distracted and he stumbled on the village. It said, as he was going to the village. What that shows me is that God is intentional about getting where I am. Not only does he seek to get where I am, he knows where I am. He knows how I got there. He knows how long I've been there. He knows the times I tried to leave, but I couldn't. He knows that I feel trapped where I am. He knows that if I could get out of the situation, I would have gotten out of the situation, but I'm not allowed to get out of the situation. I have no means to get out of the situation. I have no resources to deliver my own self. I'm trapped in here. I'm locked up. They won't let me out. I'm in bondage here. Here's what I want you to know. Wherever you find yourself today, God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly how you got there. He knows when you got there. He knows how long you've gotten there. He knows about the trauma. He knows about the abuse. He knows about the addiction. He knows about the challenges. He knows about the sickness in the body. He knows completely. There are no areas of your life that are unknown to him. Yet he comes, we think. If he knows, he really shouldn't come. We think if, if God knew everything about me and he knew where I was, then he really wouldn't want to fool with me. But the good news of the gospel is he knows you completely, yet he comes consistently. He doesn't stumble. He must go through Samaria. And they stood at a distance when they... When they saw him, they know the rules. Surely they must have heard about Jesus by the way they respond in verse 13. And the Bible says they stood at a distance. They knew the rules that I'm not supposed to get too close to him. It's, it's almost this idea of six feet apart. It's this constant thing that has been downloaded in our mind that we're supposed to stay apart so that we do not could, um, contract COVID-19. In the same ways these lepers, they knew I got to keep my distance. I can't get too close. Whenever we're keeping our distance, that's our choice, not his. He didn't say, stop right there. I'm afraid of this leprosy thing. Not the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Not the creator of the universe. Whenever there's distance between you and Jesus, hear me. He didn't move. You did. You keep their distance. And I love their simple plea. Jesus, they know, their na they know his name. Master, they know his power. 
have pity on us. Have mercy on us. You know when you come to an end of yourself, your only plea is mercy. You know you're not there when your plea sounds like, you owe me this. I've been real good. I've been keeping your law. I've been working in your ministry. I've been in church all my life. You owe me better than how you're treating me. At least the lepers had sense enough to know I, my only plea to him is for his mercy and his grace. This is the advantage that, that, that poor people have. This is the advantage that sick, bedridden people have. This is the advantage of those that are out of resources and out of means. They know their bankruptcy. The problem is with us, we don't know ours. We don't know that we're bankrupt. Beloved, your good ain't good enough. Beloved, your record isn't flawless enough to be approved by a holy and righteous king. You need mercy. He says, go show yourself to the priest. I, I love that there are times where Jesus would get in the dirt and make clay and put it on folks' eyes or, or he would let the woman with the issue of blood touch him at the hem of his garment or he would allow a contact with certain people. He would go into rooms where people were dead and you weren't supposed to touch the dead, but Jesus touches the dead and raise up Jairus' daughter from the dead. It wasn't his issue of being unclean, but he's trying to teach them something in the instruction that he gives them for their own deliverance. Listen, when God sends you away, He's not just sending you away to send you away. He's sending you that way because he's trying to teach you something in the process. He's teaching you in the process. He's teaching you in the disappointment. He's teaching you in the burden. He's teaching you in the sickness. He's teaching you in the disease. He's teaching you when your kids walk away from you. Listen, he's teaching you in the process. Go. Show yourself to the priest. I think it was that poet, Ludacris, that commentated on this passage. And he said, when I move, you move, just like that. It's a process. I'm sorry, back to the text. Uh, and I love this. All 10 take off. But only one comes back. GF, my heart, my desire for us my desire for us is that you may see 10 go. Can you see it? They're all walking together. But only one understands what's happening. All 10 are walking to show themselves to the priests because they know the priest has the power to declare the leopard cleansed. But this one understands that there's another priest. That when this priest tells me to go and I will be clean, I can trust the word of priest Jesus, even if the other priest never declares me clean. If you don't think I'm clean, that's not the big deal. The big deal is that Jesus has said that I was clean. He has declared me righteous. 
So if your mother or your father, your sister, your brother don't think you're righteous, it's not the end of the world because he has declared you righteous. Not only has he declared you righteous, he has declared you his beloved. One of the reasons I praise him like I do is because he loves me like he does. And his love is unconditional. And when the priest declares his love over us, we can take that love to the bank. Even when other people don't reciprocate our love. He's declared his love over us. So one of them, when he saw this, verse 15, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. He was a mixed breed. He was someone that was not trained in understanding what is the protocol for giving praise. He was not reared in the Torah and in the Old Testament, understanding the protocols of the priest and the tabernacle and what's allowed based on Old Testament law. All he knew was I was sick and broke. This brother showed up, told me to take a walk. I listened to what he said, and now my whole life is changed. Oh, God, give me the Samaritan. Give me the Samaritan. Give me somebody that's just been radically changed by the grace of God. They don't speak Christianese. And they don't have this long, dark, painful history with the church. But they just know I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And if you have a long, dark history with the church, he's still calling your name. And he still loves us. And he still declares us clean. And because of that, we can give God thanks and praise. Amen.